it's really easy to grow the, to grow the top line. It was, it was really easy to just get more customers and just pump advertising out as long as you're willing to track it. Like as long as you're willing to track where your advertising dollars are going and what it's bringing into you, you can bring in new stuff. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And today, I have got a Canadian with us. And I'm excited because Ted's got a great business. Ted Fox is his name. His company is Fox and Sons. He's in home services and got a great business. He's done a lot over the last two or three years. And we're going to talk about his growth and what he's learned in that time. So Ted, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Brian. I really yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. You. And for everybody that's listening or, or watching this, make sure you get a copy of The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor, the book. You can go and get a free copy. The way it works is I basically, I, I just bought another thousand books. And so I buy the book, you just pay a small shipping and handling fee, and we will send you out a copy of the book. You just go to The Wealthy contractor.com the wealthy contractor.com and you'll see it's right up front you'll see how to get a free copy of the the book so ted welcome how are you doing you. uh today's a good day yeah everybody's everybody's out kicking butt and smiling so today's a good day awesome so tell everybody give everybody kind of the two minute version of your story let's do this though with you Let's talk sure. about where is your business today? What is your business? How many trucks do you have on the, out on the road? And then let's do, and then we'll do a quick backstory. Okay, today we're, we're I, I always I never know how to answer the trucks thing. We're, we're I guess about 20, 20 okay. 23 trucks, something like that. 20 we, we run. or 23. Yeah, we're in there. 20 yeah. to 23. I think yeah. that's an interesting answer. Okay. Maybe we'll get a little more clarity on that, but sure, you bet. You don't even know. You have so many trucks, you don't even know how many you have. That's kind of a cool thing. Well, I think it's just I'm I don't measure by truck. So when people say truck, sometimes they're talking physical trucks. Sometimes they're talking journeymen. Okay. Or you know, sometimes it's crews. Sometimes whatever. So when I talk to people about what they think think their things are worth, I seem to fall into that kind of category there, somewhere in that area. Okay. Awesome. But yeah, so sorry, I lost my services. No, to what services yeah, so, do you offer? So we're doing we're doing plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical home services. One hundred percent replacement and and repair. Zero new construction, zero commercial. We got out of all that stuff. Yeah. So everything we do is there. We're awesome. in a very small market. We got a little bit, a little bit, a little over a hundred thousand people total that we're servicing. And wow. with kind of some exterior surrounding areas, we might we might push the boundary up to say 150. But wow. the majority of our work is done within this 100,000 grouping. So so using what is the metric that you use besides trucks? You use crews? Well, because I because I'm running essentially three departments: HVAC, plumbing, and electrical. I kind of break them down into each department, and then by essentially by technicians. 
running that way and then right. you know, how many calls are running. So I, I break it all down, the, the actual truck number themselves, though, because we've got extras. But when I, when I look at how many, say, installation crews we have, each crew, yeah. you know, some of them might have, have multiple technicians in one truck but doing different trades. Yeah. So, it, it, so we might not need as many trucks right. to be doing the same as that many trucks. Got it. So about how many total projects per, per month between service uh, and install? Okay, so installation projects, which is kind of easy, we're probably 65 per okay. month, something like that. And then, and then we run on average 30 service calls a day, something, wow. something in those lines. And then those, those feed our installs and you know, back and forth. And yeah, no, it, it's, a, it's a healthy, healthy business, healthy size business for, for where we are and, and our, our location. But I, I got to say, man, that's for such a small market, that's impressive. That's an uh, impressive number of all of it. I mean, it's all very impressive. What's your, so what's your background? Give us a little bit of the backstory. Okay. The two minute version, I, I got into the trade right out of high school. I was, was not going to be a, was not going to be a tradesman. That's what my dad and my brothers were. And I, and I was going in to be a teacher, but I thought rather than spend money on tuition, I would get a trade first and help me pay, pay my way through. But when I got in, I fell in love with the trades and, and became a plumber. And my dad started this company up in 1998. And I started working for him at, at that time. And I became a partner in it in 2008. I purchased 50% of them, sold my, sold my house to buy in half the company. Wow. And, then, and then in 2012, I purchased the, I'd saved up enough to purchase the, the final half from them. Now saying that, that entire span of time, there was only two employees at the company. Oh, I should say three. There was also also my my stepmom was working there as well. So when I purchased the company in 2012, we were still a um, you know 250 to 300 thousand dollar a year one truck kind of company. And then in 2012, I started working at growing the company to to a point where I could maybe take a holiday one day and yeah and didn't have to be at work all the time. And so since then, it's been a I said that now I'm paying my tuition through the school of hard knocks and learning how to run a business and it's forced me out of the trades and into the seat of business. How so, long did it, how long did it take for you from the time you bought the business to exit out of a truck in, into the office? 100% in the office it took me four years four. from 2012 to 2016. Wow. So from 2016, and this is where it, I mean, the whole thing is very kind of impressive. You selling the house to buy half the business is kind of mind blowing to me, but um, it wasn't a nice house. <laughs> oh well, still. I mean, that, did you? You know what's fun? Did you go back and live with your parents at the time? <laughs> hey, Dad, I sold my oh, house. Man. I can give you the money, so I could buy your business. But I need somewhere to sleep. I'm kidding. You, you know what? You know what? I think I think that did happen a little bit, but not because of that reason. But for for a little bit, I think I was there for some time for yeah. a week or two. But yeah, no, it was pretty funny. That so. is. Funny. So from 2000, and so when you were a hundred percent off the truck, how yes, many, sir. at that point, how many, I, I just always go by trucks. So forgive me, yep. but how many trucks did you have at that point? Probably four. Four. I'm just thinking like, like we had, we had basic a couple service, maybe three service guys and, yeah. and an install crew going at the time. And I was still you know, like running sales yep. and running and I'd go do the occasional job. And, but about the time we got to say 10 to 12 employees, when I had to needed to start adding in managers then to start managing some to keep the growth going, that's when I really had to step out. And anytime I would jump back into the, into the technician seat, 
we would see our numbers tank and we would like it just it just kills you so although it's super fun to be able to say hey i'm going to go out and show you guys how to put in a furnace for a day it, it, it it's not a good idea so no. as, as much as i as much as i like to do it well and that's interesting so then so so to everybody listening i mean look at look at what happened when he went off the truck and focused on growing the business you went from four trucks to now 20 to 23 somewhere in the 20 to 23 yeah. right so what was I, I mean what was kind of your goal when you got off of the truck did you what were you thinking like two or three years down the line what, what were you thinking where did you want to be well I think this is kind of the the school of the school of hard knocks that comes talking about I originally as selfish as it sounds uh, my original goal was to be able to take some time off I wanted to be able to leave for and and not I don't want to get away, but I just wanted to be able to go on a week long holiday yeah, and be able to come back and not pay for it. You know, like not, not yep. pay for being gone. By the way, um, just by the way, there's absolutely nothing selfish about that at all. Just yeah, for, thank you. For, you figured it out. I think hopefully you figured it out, but to everybody that's listening, there's nothing selfish at all about that. That's why we go into business in the first place. Sorry. True. Go on. Well, and, and and when I was at that point, back like thinking back in those days, I really wanted to be able to take the time. And I had never through through the previous 10, 15 years of work hadn't happened. I just worked long hours and, yep. and did that stuff. So I kept thinking, well, if I grow a little bit more and have somebody that can watch this and somebody that can watch that, I can set it all up and I can go away and that'll be good. And and but what ended up happening, I did get to go away. So I did get to see those benefits. But you end up, your why changes, like the why I'm doing this kind of changed. And I started instead of wanting to do that, then, well, then all of a sudden there was a little bit of a hunger to maybe grow this thing and see what I could do. And then that changed again to, I'm seeing the effect it's having on the people who are working with me and for me. And it's like, what can I do for them? And so it's transitioned to a point now where like I get excited to come in to go to work with the people I work with. And the more I make it about them, the better it is for me and the better it is for everybody. So it's, 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 there's a lot of pain in those years and a lot of real hard stuff. Um, and which is, you know, like, uh, you, you helped me out immensely without knowing it in, in those years too. And uh, so thank you for that, Brian. I, I listened to you regularly and, and, and it was listening to your podcast that got me into utilizing your services, which, which have been nothing but fantastic. Awesome. So, but yeah. And so, so we went from, you know, I, again, I usually use revenue, but we went from say, say 300,000 a year and started, started leapfrogging up in revenue and gross revenue fairly quickly. And it was healthy. We had decent, decent profits until around the, the I want to say around the $2 million mark around that 1.7, 1.8 million. And then revenue is just the, the net profit went away. Mm -hmm. And that was, and, and that was gone for a while. And there were some big losses that happened and everything uh, for a couple of years. And in those, in that time, looking back now, it's that time when you're adding managers and you have a business owner myself who honestly, I, I was a trades guy. I wasn't equipped properly to manage managers and to, to do these things. So I had to really get through and get structured and and be prepared and, and be in the right space to be out of that truck and in this chair here to, to watch us have to make it go. And, but it is, it's totally possible for everybody there. You just, you just prepare yourself and come in for the right reasons, put yourself in the right seat and bring your net profit back. 
So, so you just said something really interesting and that was, I was going to write it down so I didn't forget, but you said that the struggle, if you will, you didn't say use that word, but the struggle was now you had to learn a new skill, which was managing managers. Yes. And so what are some of the things that you learned during that process? Because obviously you got good at it really pretty fast. I mean, to figure it out in two or three years is, is very impressive. So what were some of the things that you did in order to make that transition? Sure. So some pitfalls I'd say to, to avoid is don't take your rock star best technician you have or best installer or best of anything and move them and think like that's going to be the best manager. Yeah. You can't take that person and say, okay, now can you please make everybody else do that? Because right. you're not only taking out your revenue producer, but you're turning them into an overhead position, which just eats your net up, which is what I did multiple times in a short amount of time, which is why I, I struggled for a while. Not saying they weren't great people. And in fact, one of them is still a manager with me. He, he went down the journey with me of learning to be the manager. The other ones didn't make it. They, they, they weren't happy. It just wasn't, wasn't good. Yeah. It's probably so, it's a different skill set. Right? That's right. That's yeah. right. And you can have like a crew lead or a person like that. But when you really need somebody to like a manager's responsibility is, is essentially to hit targets and to, and to, and to hit and exceed those targets yeah. and, and to build the people and they need to do that. And so I found that for me, taking a rock star out of, of the field and putting them in that role, but like that's, and that's what I see other companies around that size doing around me. And, and that's something if you can avoid that, that's, that's it. So that was a big lesson that's for me. Great advice, by the way, really good advice. Thank you. This is going to sound cliche. Read, read, <laughs> like read books, read. Even if you think you've already read enough leadership books, read one more. And I would suggest try not to get into the things where you're just looking for the, the little Coles notes versions, like the little note notes on what it is. Invest in yourself to, to, to expand your mind, like get into some good leadership books. And, any, and, and invest. Any suggestions? Any suggestions? Yeah, for sure. I, I like, well, early on starting out, the E-Myth was yeah. a big one for me. Traction has been big. We, we follow EOS closely now. So that's, that's been excellent for me. Just about anything by John Maxwell is, is okay. it's pretty great. And Pat Lencioni. Those are, those are, those are great ones. Those are three great ones. Okay. Yeah, so that's, those are just kind of easy peasies that I think, I think are good. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I get, I guess that's, I guess that's where I was going with it is, is the investment and not even dollar wise, but I, I spent quite a bit of time over those few years where I was getting this understanding that I had to go to college now. Like I didn't do it when I was going to be a teacher. I went and became a plumber, but what makes me think I have the right to go and lead a company with, with the skills I had, I can go, I can go change a water heater and I can give customer service, but I have no business being a business and leading anybody but myself, because I'm honestly not being a good leader to them. If I'm running a, a non-profitable crappy company, I had no business being there. So I had to go and do something. Very true. And your schooling, to be clear, you didn't actually go to college. You went to college in your office, in your <laughs> home, you went and got That's books right. and got to work studying and investing in yourself and working on yourself. That's right. Yeah, I, I got in, I, sorry. No. Oh. I, I, I got into reading. I got into some business development groups. I'm a member of one called Nexstar. Yeah. So I started going to, to Nexstar leadership trainings and just, just things that 
that I wouldn't have gone to before and being willing to just be humble and learn and learn from these people that are doing it right. And I've heard this said on your podcast so many times that like other people, they've done it before they've done it. Well, like be quiet and listen and learn. And, you know, when I drive around, I spend a lot of time driving like people do and I have podcasts going yours being one of them and, and some other leadership ones I listen to. And it's just, you need to hear it over and over and over and over again. Everybody does. We need those reminders. Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to builderprime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. Yeah, and it's, you know, we think that we can as, you know, the entrepreneur is a driver, somebody that, or, you know, that starts a business, their driver, we want more, we want more, we want more. But a lot of times what happens is that we, we do it the hard way. Yes. We, and it doesn't have to be done that way because there've been so many people that came before us. And so let's go learn from them. Let's learn from your mistakes because the advice that you've given here in 10 minutes the just the one about don't take your best technician and make them your manager that advice alone to the right set of ears that's open and humble to hearing them is i mean that could that'll shave a year or two of frustration out of your life not to mention all the money that it costs you right in profitability absolutely and Absolutely. so, so that's awesome. And then, you know, of course, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jim Rohn and Jim Rohn said, work harder on yourself than you do on your, he says, job or on your business. And that's right. exactly, that's exactly that. So your role became the manager of managers. Yes. I would imagine you also had to become a good marketer. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been up until six months ago, I, I was the marketing manager here as well. Yep. Okay. So talk a little bit about that because yes, you had to put managers in place to grow the business, but you also had to do some other things to get more people calling your business. hundred percent. Yep. Yep. For sure. I, I, for sure I did. So, so going to, I didn't, once again, didn't go to marketing school, but went to the school of marketing and, and found that it was, I found that it's, I don't sound cocky. It's really easy to grow the, to grow the top line. It was, it was really easy to just get more customers and just pump advertising out as long as you're willing to track it. Like as long as you're willing to track where your advertising dollars are going and what it's bringing into you, you can bring in new stuff. 
and the 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 existing customers I had from 15 years of running around, I, I had some enough for one person to go, but not for all these, not for the you know, we have 50 employees now, like it's not enough. Right. Right. And actually I was listening to your podcast when you really were talking about how many, what, what was the percentage of really look at your company? What's the percentage of repeat customers that you're getting back in? And I couldn't, I couldn't give that number. I was like in my truck trying to count it out. I'm like, I don't know. Like I wasn't, I wasn't looking at that. I was looking at how many calls we were getting. So when I started looking at it, it looked like we were growing quickly, like say 30% a year kind of thing. We were go- growing quickly. But even at that growth, I was only seeing 10 to, well, about 10 to 18% repeat customers being part of my business. And so we started getting into the, like, the, your, the referral program and thank you cards and things through G4 Marketing. And, and it's funny, I, I don't know if this is the right way to, the right place to say it, but I just finished Peapod Group before I got on with you here with, with 10 other Canadian members here. And that was the, it was about marketing. And the number one thing they wanted, because they all came to a course with me. I build them for it. So they started getting these thank you cards and they're just like, what is this? How do I get on this? What, how does this, this is the best thing I've ever seen. So it's like, I had that same feeling when I got one, it was an excellent thing. And so now we've seen our repeat business up where this, this 2020 during this pandemic, 48% of our business for the first six months came from repeat customers. So for your business, for a home services business, that's where it should be. Right, yeah, we're up, we're right. that's about where it should should be, and Absolutely. you're not done with it because you've only you know really been focusing on it, I guess, for the last year or two. So you're not done with it. That's going to continue to grow as your as your business that's grows, right. because you know with home services, it's interesting. All all businesses, there's really three ways to grow your business. You're going to get more customers. You're going to get your customers to give you more money at the time of sale, and you're going to get your customers to keep coming back more and more. Those are the three main ways that you're, you're going to grow your business. And so if you're executing on all three of them, that's how you, you know, you just keep growing the top line. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about profitability. Cause I know it, it, you've really, for the last, what was, was it when we had that conversation last couple of years, I think you've really been focused in on, on profitability. Absolutely. Uh, so t- talk to us a little bit about, about some of the mindset stuff that you had to, to change or learn in order to start driving real numbers to the bottom line. Right. So, so I, I, I had been working really hard on the processes, all the processes that I'd seen companies do to make profit. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I'm, that I'm good at is discipline. Like I, I, can, I, can, I can do the same thing day in, day out if it's the right thing to do. So I was doing these things, but I still wasn't seeing profit. Like I was seeing lots of gross, lots of gross. And I called, I called you the one day there. Thank you for that phone call, by the way, where you just asked me, what do you want? And what, no, Ted, what do you want? Not what do you want for your company? And you were nice enough to give me that, that moment of your time, which, which changed, changed my life there. Thank you. And it was just kind of, I had to change, switch my focus a little bit to like what I really wanted more than anything was to see net profit because I think on that phone call I'd come out going well you know I want to make this much dollars per year for myself and I want to be able to go on a holiday or whatever it was but but when I got off the phone I thought no what I really want is I don't want that stress anymore I don't want that anymore of getting to the end of the year without seeing a profit because we work hard we do good work it's worth something right and so that became the focus so I started so we kept all the processes the same but then I 
started working on, okay, the, the leadership and the management and really, and we always had a net profit goal, but it very quickly gets lost if you're not looking at it. So right. that you and I had a conversation in August and in September, we started making that profit and October and November and December and January. And it's, and it's continued. We haven't, we haven't had a, a lost month since, since then, not yeah. one. Awesome. In 20, in 2020, we, we got the pandemic up here, just like everywhere else, March and, and April, you know, April was, was a crazy month and everything else, but we've, we've, we're on, we're on our budget target. We did 20, 27% growth this year. And, and we're not like, we, I know we can do better, but we're going to be at 12 and a half percent net this year, nice. which is, which is, that's good. That's great for us. Super yeah, happy right there. And next right? year's so, going to be 15. That's right. Well, we just, we just finished next year's budget yesterday. So okay. it's looking good. That's good. <laughs> so, well, but, and, and, yeah. and and sorry to cut you off, but no, no, the, you know, there's a saying what you, what you focus on expands and your, and your results are going to follow your focus. Right. So when you start to think about, instead of thinking only about the top line, which a lot of us do is a top line, top line. It was me for, for years and years and years. Well, let's grow. Let's grow. Let's be big. Let's be but then at the end of the day, it's not about the top. It's not about what comes in. It's about what you get to keep. Yeah. And I think a lot of times it's either driven by ego, but then there's also some psychology there where there's this like deserving aspect. You, you said it. we do good work. We do what we say we're going to do. We show up on time. We're reliable. And so we deserve to earn a profit. And I think that sometimes gets lost in our thinking. And so I, I, that's why I always ask people, it's like, well, what do you want? Because like you said earlier, you wanted a vacation, but your first thing you did was you apologized and you said, well, this may sound selfish, but, and maybe it was an apology, but you, you, you had to put something in front of it. A caveat, if, yeah. Yeah. As if it was a bad thing. It's not. The business is supposed to give us more life, not less life. Right. That's the whole idea. Why would we take on the risk? Why do we put in the work that it takes? I mean, people, most people don't understand out, you know, outside of our little world. You know, we're weird people. People don't understand. They see, oh, that guy just went and bought a, a this, or that guy is doing that, or whatever. They don't see, they don't see the upset. They don't see no. the nights that you're in your office, like either working on a big project just so you could, you know, make, make life better for all the people that work there and for yourself. They don't see the heartache. They don't see the, oh my God, how am I going to make payroll this week? All they want to see is, oh, he made it or he did this yeah. or did that. And, it, and it's, no, it's true. It's tough, you know, if you deliver a good service to your customer and they pay you, you deserve yep. to make a profit. And to me, minimum is 10. And I'm going to say this over and over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. Again. Minimum is 10%. Ideal is 15 to 20%. Yes. You know? And that, you know, those factors change. And, and good for you that you're on that you're on the right 
trajectory. 12 and a half is great. Yep. 15 will be better. Yeah, right? of course. It and will. it's going to be more in line with probably the value that you're delivering to your customer. Absolutely. So, sorry, yeah, I have absolutely. to, I always have to do that. It's because, <laughs> look, I wish some, these are conversations, you know, my nephew called me the other day. He's 22. And he, he just graduated film school. He's a great kid, really talented kid. And the company, the production company he was working for, obviously their, the projects have, have, you know, dried up a little bit. And so he's without work. And so he's taking this time to kind of focus. And I had a conversation with him. And my whole thing in that conversation was, what do I wish somebody at, when I was 22, what do I wish that somebody told me yeah. at that age when I was unsure of where I was going and what I was doing? Because we were him, you know? And so anyway, so that's why I talk so much about the profitability and that business is about, you know, giving yourself more life, not about having less life, which again, I'm going to, I'm going to plug the book. I do it. You're not buying the book. I'm giving it to you for free, but that's what we talk about in the seven secrets book. It's, it's about your life anyway. Sorry. No, it's good. That's great. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I guess one other thing that I, I guess I wanted to, to put out there to those people who might be listening, there's lots of shiny objects and none of them are worth it. Like don't, don't chase anything. Don't think that if you're not making money with what you're doing, don't go do something else. Do what you're doing better. Yeah. You know, like really like the discipline thing I was saying, grinding the grindstone, the daily, like knowing what your numbers need to be every day and, and tracking that and then coming in the next day and doing it again. And if you need to make more money, then change what you're doing in that day do the same thing the next day and the next day and the next day and that flywheel turns like jim collins would say you turn that fly flywheel and eventually it just rolls and that's kind of where we're at now is, is every every month it gets a little bit better but but boy if i all of a sudden wanted to say hey you know what maybe i'll make more money in that next town like just just stop just don't yeah. look at where you are now if you're not doing it now you're not doing it later by the way that's very very good advice there's a lot of wisdom in that advice i wish that's one of the pieces of wisdom, by the way, that I wish I had sooner because I was a bright, shiny object guy for years and years and years. And you're absolutely right about that. Well, when you were talking about your nephew, that's what made me think of is just that, that well, well, maybe if I sell more, <laughs> if I sell more UV products, then I'll be profitable. It's like, well, why, why aren't you profitable servicing furnaces? Yeah. Why aren't you profitable doing what you're doing? And, and these are, I don't think there's any one thing. There was no one shiny object that that's got us to a point where I, I feel like I have something to give in, in the knowledge aspect, but it's all, it's all these things combined and realizing that this is what you have to do day in and day out. And if you're not happy doing it, then maybe you, you're, you're not, you're not an entrepreneur at heart. Like yeah. if you've got to be happy coming in and doing these things, these grind, if you want it to work. Yeah. In you my know, opinion. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is that I created this framework that I call the, the Wealthy Contractor Success, Wealth and Freedom Framework. And if people have been on our webinars or we're at Accelerate February of this year, it'll be in January in 2021. I always talk about this framework. It's I just created it earlier this year. 
and you've touched on all of the big, big things. There's four P's. It's people, which you talked about at the beginning, manage, you know, managing managers. Yep. Process, you talked about that too. Marketing is a process. Sales is a process. Anything to get done in the business you know, right. is process. And the more process you can put into place, the more freedom that that buys you. The third thing is profit. We just talked about that. You've gotten very focused on profitability. And then the fourth P is personal. It's like, what am I doing to work on myself so that I grow into the next level of income, the next level of wealth, the next level of freedom, right? Because I hope now, by the way, and I'm putting you on the spot, but how much time off do you take now? Oh, I guess it depends on the year now. Uh, right, you, I know. You, I guess this year is a is a bad year. Well, how much were you two, planning on taking this year? Two to three weeks. Two to three. Yeah, but cool. I also get to on Thursdays and Fridays. I get to work from home, which I know doesn't sound like something, else, but I get to hang out with my with my four year old, which nice. has been pretty awesome to be able to do that. So my my wife comes in and works in the in at the office office, and I go home and work, which is not something that we could have done prior. So, so to me, that's a victory, but it's, that is, but it's, but I I tell you, it's not the weeks off I take. I take weekends off, which was not something that used to happen. Right. So the amount of extra days off I get now, it's, it's incredible for me that way. Um, Well, and what's interesting is it starts with the weekends. I'm glad you said that because I always forget it starts with the weekends for years and years and years and years. I worked every single Saturday. Yep. And you're right. It started, you know, for me, it was like, well, I work six days a week. I got the one day off a week and then that was it. It's not enough. Not anywhere near enough. No. And, and you can be just as productive without it. But you, I, I think that everybody going needs to understand that you have to be willing to do it when you have to do it. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, you got to be willing to put in that time when you need to put in the time, but you can't do it forever. And you certainly can't base your profits on it. Yeah. Like if I was profitable this year, still working weekends, I wouldn't be profitable this year. Like that, that's because I'm, I'm just compensating myself. You're giving up. Right. Yeah. So it's, it, it's interesting. And I hope that Accelerate will, you'll have some form of, of web stream in that for us Canadians well, that can't come down. Well, actually, let me, I'm going to do a quick commercial then for Accelerate. Yeah. By the time this goes out, we will have, we will be, Tickets will be available. And yes, there is going to be an Accelerate Life from home option. Nice. And so, yeah. And it's going to be really cool. It's not going to be a boring Zoom. It's going to be all of the speakers, all of the content. We're actually having a live portion, but because of the social distancing yep. and all of that, we're very limited in the number of people that we can actually have live. We have a giant room. Like we were planning on having over yeah. 300 people in January and now we're going to have like 120 I think of which like 60 plus percent are already sold but um, for those that are interested in the at home option or the from home option it'll be at accelerateevent.com accelerateevent.com and of course you as a, a G4 client you'll be getting an email early you'll be getting an email first Awesome. Yeah. Cause I'll be there for sure. I just, yeah. they won't, they won't let me into the, into the country. I know. I know. I'm a dirty I, Canadian. I know. <laughs> 
So let's finish up. We could keep going for another hour or two. The, uh, the question I want to ask you is what one thing, if you were to go back, looking back in all of these years, what is the one thing looking back, knowing what you know today that you would have done different back before? Well, for so many things I would do different. My, fr- the, I guess right, what's coming to mind right now is the first manager I hired, I would have gone and hired a manager. That would have been, that would have been number one. I think is, is, is that at that, at that point, I would have gone and hired a manager. And just so I'm clear, instead of the person that you put into the position. That that's correct. Instead of, instead of pulling, like, like we started the conversation with, instead of pulling dollar producing technicians or people that I knew, I would have actually put out an ad and hired a manager to come in and manage people that I needed managed. Cause I think, I think that caused a lot of pain early that would have kept me in profit through that time. So there would, but maybe if I didn't do that and I didn't get as close to the wire as I did, I wouldn't be uh, in this, in the place I am now. So. Yeah. That's always an interesting thought, isn't it? But I like, but I I sure, I would sure change it. (laughs) Yeah. If I, if I was to go back, you know, like I say, I wish somebody had talked to me when I was 22 and all of that. And sometimes I wonder, had I not made, there are a couple of decisions that I made in business that were really dumb, really like led to catastrophic events, right? Yes. But had that stuff not happened and I had not gotten that experience, would I be where I'm at today, which I'm actually very happy with, you know, for the first time in, you know, many, many years, the last couple of years, I've, I've, you know, I was 52 years old. It's taken me, you know, it took me 45 years to kind of figure some of this stuff out. And in the last, you know, five to seven years, it, it's really started to kind of sink and really start yeah. to work. You know, my mentor is Dan Kennedy, right? And yes. so a few years ago, I was at a seminar and I went up to him and I asked him something. And I don't know, we were talking and I, and, and I said, because I had been around for so long with them and been in his mastermind groups and all of this. And he, and he laughed and he said, you're, you're, you're my favorite kind of customer. You're a slow learner. <laughs> and I started to laugh. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've been I, I a slow learner. So I'm hoping that I could help some people, you know, learn a little bit faster than, than I did and not go I, through all the same pain as I did. I hear you. I, I, th- I thought of that thing. Sorry, I just thought of it now. Sit down the same manager path. The, wor- the biggest worst mistake I made is I stepped out of the GM role or the integrator role too early. Okay. I, I did that a year or two ago. I stepped out of that role, still was involved with the company, but more visionary kind of stuff. Wasn't, I just stepped out too early so that I could go do things. And that, that's something I, I, I don't think that was, that was, you got to be at the right spot with the right people to be able yeah. to do that kind of thing. So if you're working to think that you're going to not have to work, you know, you, you, you got, you got to stay, you got to have your feet in. You need to be present for your people. I wasn't present enough for my people for a time. So. Wow. That's cool. So today are you, we're using EOS language, by the way, entrepreneurial operating system language. Are you the visionary today and you have an integrator in place or you no, still I'm, the integrator? I'm you yeah, are I'm, both. I'm, I'm visionary and integrator still. That's, you know, that they call that bipolar, right? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. should, you should come but have it, conversations with me. <laughs> but it's, I'll tell you what though, 
I know a couple people. Now I know another one. It's rare. I mean, it's rare, rare, rare that a visionary and an integrator are, are the same, that somebody has that, that both skill sets. It's very, very rare. But obviously, you make it work. Well, as I, I don't have a picture of my org chart to show you here, but as I've got it split, it's always been split and my name's in both places right now. But as we grow and I can move my name out of the integrator seat, I will. I yeah. just have to train somebody. I, I did it too early before with the person who wasn't trained to actually run those operations properly. Yeah. So I know you can only do, if you're doing two jobs, you can only do them each 50%, right? Like it's, but it's the visionary great. and the integrator role are so different. That's why they yes, call it, you know, being bipolar. It's, it's that they're so different. Um, that's I another yeah. subject yeah. for another day. But I didn't Absolutely. know that. I, I, I didn't recognize, I, I didn't know that about you, that you were, that you took both roles. And obviously you're doing a great job with it because the results kind of speak for themselves. Well, th thank you. It's, yeah. it is, you do, you, you, you do have to be Jekyll and Hyde to do it. It's, yeah. you, you, I got to get in a vehicle and go for a drive to, to come up with ideas. It doesn't happen here. Because so. I am not, I am not an integrator. Yeah. I am not an integrator. All right. Well, Ted, thank you. this has been awesome. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you for, for sharing. I wish you nothing but continued success. And, thank you, Brian. Uh, yeah. And to everybody that is listening, again, go get a copy of the book, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor. Go to thewealthycontractor.com. And by the time you're hearing this, Accelerate Live from home option will be available. So go check that out at accelerateevent.com. So this is a Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. So until next time. All right. So that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. Now, before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And a favor. I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. The Wealthy Contractor Podcast is brought to you by G4 Marketing Group, where we help contractors of all kinds create customers, keep customers, and multiply their customers and profits. If you're interested in reaching new levels of success for your company, visit www.g f-o-u-r marketing.com or just call us at 305-856-8788 to schedule your free no obligation wealthy contractor strategy session now during this strategy session we're going to look at eight key performance factors in your business and we're going to help you uncover opportunities for growth for leads, for sales, and for profit. And finally, we started the Wealthy Contractor as a resource 
to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the wealthy contractor. Now, the wealthy contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay, it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing.